0: Hello there.
1: I'm your host, J. Mark Kaplan.
0: And I'm your host, Lucy Gervais. This is The Sex Show Radio. Your sex stories, our sex stories, all sex stories, live on pirate, uncensored radio. If you'd like to submit your story to The Sex Show Radio, send us an email at thesexshowmtl at gmail.com with your voice recording or written for us to read live. Follow us on Instagram at the sex show, MTL for updates on the next show.
1: This show is 18+. plus. In case you brought the kids along, there's going to be kink and erotic content. If you can drink and vote in Quebec, then you can listen to this. All right, everybody, welcome to The Sex Show. I'm here with my fabulous co-host, Lucy Gervais. How are you doing, Lucy?
0: Oh, Jay, I'm wonderful. How are you?
1: I'm very well. I'm so um, happy
0: to get to talk to you again on our wonderful show.
1: I like talking to you. Too. I missed your face and your voice and your and your ears. You you seem to be wearing some cat ears tonight. Well,
0: I wore cat ears so my hearing would be better. I will
1: right, well, listen to this. So we got some uh, big news this week about Pornhub, a longstanding kind of famous Montreal porn company, is coming under fire. Apparently, a lot of people uploading uh, and trigger warning here uh, videos of rape and assault on Pornhub, which is causing That's a lot true. of trauma and horrible stuff for you know the people in the videos. And uh, our mayor Valerie Plante. Is uh, coming out and saying we don't want Pornhub here anymore. And a few hours ago, uh, Visa and Mastercard even said, you know, we don't want to uh, have any transactions on Pornhub. So Pornhub is getting some serious flack.
0: Well, it's going to be interesting to see how Pornhub responds to this and how you know the viewers of Pornhub respond to this. I have a sneaking suspicion that anyone who's already going on Pornhub for porn still going to keep going, and just hope they don't stumble across some of those inconvenient little videos that people have been uploading.
1: Yeah. You know, I don't know. I mean, like personally, it, it kind of made me, uh, turn me off. It turned me off to go there anymore, you know? And it yeah, made me pretty think, pretty- you know, it made me like kind of nostalgic for the days where you would just kind of watch scrambled porno on your cable box. You know, I feel like we've <laughs> got too much of that stuff. Maybe like maybe a little less higher quality porn is the way to go. Like, do we need like everybody in the world uploading anything that they find for us to jerk off to?
0: I mean, hey, probably not. I'm sure there's other things to jerk off to. Like a nice spring day.
1: JDABS in the desert. chat was like, choosing Pornhub over OnlyFans is like choosing Walmart over a family business. <laughs> I agree, JDABS. And one thing I don't want to do is correct. fuck Walmart, right? It's hot.
0: Yeah, for real. Yeah, I guess people are going to have to start to pay for like the individual experience of porn and they might start to even. Appreciate it, enjoy it a little bit more.
1: I love the idea of supporting my neighborhood porn, you know? Like locally produced, well-sourced, organic, vegan porno.
0: I think that's definitely kind of the way things are going. And even though people, well, I find people can be very um, misogynistic when it comes to OnlyFans. Like I've seen a lot of really shady shit where people are like, oh, looking for a wife and all I find is OnlyFans hoes and like shit like this. But at the same time, it's like there's a reason these people are so successful. There's effective salesmanship going into these OnlyFans accounts and all these other kind of outlets for more of a personalized sex work experience. It's yeah, not like, like that, that Walmart worth, porn. It ended up being worth the money. It is closer to what people want than just endless barrages of fucking.
1: I can't remember the last time I paid for porno. I've never, I've, it's been like, not paying for porno has been like a big theme of my of my life. You're making me really think about it now. Like I might treat myself this holiday season and maybe try to buy some. Maybe it's a good idea.
0: I have, I will say I paid a cam girl once and it was a great experience. Like it was, it was positive. She popped up in my Twitter. She was a like trans girl from the States and i think she had just started her twitter and just started her chatterbait she was really hot so i was like oh like liking all her posts and trying to be nice and then she was like live show tonight so i was like well i'll just go watch and i was like "Eh, i'm kind of broke so probably won't be able to pay for it and i was like you know what i actually do have a bit of disposable income like you can there's a menu you can choose from i was like fuck it this girl and her boyfriend are like fooling around I'm gonna, I'm gonna tip. Like, why not? I'm, I'm one of the only people here, so I tipped to have him suck her toes, which is something I'm into, and that was super fun to watch. She also like shouted me out and was like, "Oh, I love femmes. They're so cute and they're so like, horny and blah blah blah." And I was like, "Yeah." Like, it was a very like kiki like good moment. By the t- <laughs> by the time I got my like, my credit card bill, it wound up being about seventy dollars, and I was like, "Huh. You know what?" Worth it. And also now this girl is killing it. She's got like tens of thousands of Twitter followers and she's making bank on her ChatterBait. So clearly she's super established now and I'm like proud of her.
1: You're right. So uh, we should pay for more pornography and support our local pornography and webcam artists. It's a good experience. I had a friend who one time got into a lot of trouble paying a sex worker by accident. He went into some place in Japan and kept offering him stuff. He's like, yeah. And he just assumed it was included in the price of what he bought. It wasn't. And he had to run away. And you know what's funny, too? I remember one of the things they offered him was like the masseuse or the sex worker or whatever was like, Do you want me to like powder up my tits with talcum powder and like shake them all over you? Like, who knows how much that was? That was like a hundred bucks, you know? But I remember that. It's very vivid. It's like they had a lot of options. We had a lot of options <laughs> on I think we better. uh, What do you think we are going to introduce our special guest?
0: Oh yeah, we should introduce introduce our special guest because I'm sure he has a lot to say on this topic.
1: So let me introduce a gentleman. He is a yoga instructor, a wise wise man of the sexual arts, a a man about town, and uh, a hero of mine who's inspired me to uh, explore my butt to quite some extent. Here he is. Welcome. We'll see. Hi Will. How's it going? I'm super duper. How are y'all doing tonight?
0: Wonderful.
2: Mmm, y'all look really good. I like what you're wearing.
1: So, Will, you seem to be wearing kind of like if a musical was made about a 90s boy band, where you got like a denim jacket with like the shearling lining and a bunch of fantastic glittery buttons and a pink hat with an amazing glittery brim.
2: This is actually an old costume I took out from my uh, my... My closet from back when I used to do burlesque has a lollipop bob. That was my uh, stage name. And this is part of my main costume was my uh, diamond crusted jacket and I've got lollipop bob spray painted to the back.
0: Why lollipop bob?
2: Um, I mean, long story short, I used to uh, go to a lot of parties and when I would go dance, I would always have these little candies on me. Uh, so my friends and I would go and dance and like give out candies and stuff. And um, eventually we called ourselves the candy boys. <laughs> and then from the candy boys i was born lollipop bob and he was henry chocolate and together we made a duo that uplifted any little dance floor and made sure everyone was was good and happy and had
1: what they needed so yeah it just came john through.
0: candy boys is hilarious
1: i even got a tattoo to my old leg that's How was your experience doing burlesque? How long did it take you to figure out your persona too? Like, like what made you feel sexy on stage?
2: Well, the whole Lollipop Bob thing was before. I, I had come up with that at uh, Shambhala and Burning Man. And it was something I was doing at these festivals. But then I came back to Montreal one uh, fall. And I saw that there was these burlesque classes given by Lady Josephine. So I took those classes and and Bombay. Bom Bom I took those classes and over the course, I think it was eight weeks, we developed our persona, we developed our act, and we um, put together our, our little act over the course of eight weeks. And I did that for uh, another two years. Performed in like maybe 30 shows or something.
1: What was your hottest experience doing that? And why did you stop? Oh, that's a good question. Um, there was some super
2: sexy times. I really enjoyed being what's called a stage kitten. It's uh, kind of like the maid or the kitten that comes around and collects all the clothing of the other performers as they derobe. And uh, I always loved playing playing the stage kitten. So it was nice to sort of lap up all the lingerie of these beautiful, incredible performers. That was pretty hot. I had a leopard print suit on. It was a fantastic time.
0: That does sound like a fun job.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was it was a, a good time.
0: It's a very submissive role.
2: Yeah, that one was uh was more submissive for sure. My more dominant role I played. This was actually going to be my other my other example. Was uh, we did a, a burlesque show that was um like special agents themed. Ooh. <laughs> and What's so I that? was special agent lollipop Bob, Lieutenant lollipop Bob, and the whole running gag of the show was that the, um host uh, was going to be tested on his uh, resolve to be like not shaken or stirred by the sexy performers. And uh, my <laughs> performance was like came out dancing to uh, 17 by Rick James and I dressed in like this beautiful robe and kind of very feminine. I'm sort of like teasing the, the host of the show. He's got this bald head, this long beard, and I'm kind of teasing him. And then the song switches to I'm a man. And then I rip off all these clothes and I'm actually wearing a full army getup with a goatee, army glasses, a cigar, everything. And uh, I start just smacking him and sitting on him and riding him around and stuff. I light a cigar, burn it out on his chest, and then I end up picking him up over my shoulder and carrying him through the bar. It was at the wiggle room all the way to the back. And that was... uh, that was definitely my most intense act, for sure.
0: I miss performance. I miss performers. And I miss performing. That sounds awesome. I'd kill to see something like that in person, in real life.
1: I love burlesque, too, actually. Well, you know, I took classes at Arabesque Burlesque. I don't know how you found it. I, I found it, like, initially extremely difficult to try to get sexy on stage in front of people. I found it extremely unnatural. It took me a really long time to kind of warm up and feel like I could relax and open up in front of people and that kind of, that kind of get up. It's super How did you find it? Did it? come naturally? Or were you just like lickety-split? You know,
2: not really. I mean, I think it's one of the most terrifying things is to be on stage and then you have to add that layer of being sexy or manufacturing desire. It's pretty challenging. So like in, in my, in, when I first started, I just took sort of the more comedic route and I did sort of more like clowny style stuff because maybe I wasn't necessarily comfortable being sexy on stage. I'm super comfortable being funny on stage, uh, but maybe not like directly sexual or sexy. You know, you get better with time, obviously. Like they teach you techniques on how to manufacture desire. Like one of the things I'll always remember, which I use all the time, when you're about to take a cloth a piece of clothing off, you look at the person in the eyes and to what you're looking at, and then as you take it off, you look back at them. And then when you see their mouth drop, oh you take it away.
0: I'm gonna use that. Mm. I'm taking it.
2: Yeah, Lucy, what I'm taking
0: it. And I learned it for free. It's mine now. Well,
1: what, I like that term, manufacturing desire. Lucy, what's your hot take? What do you think about manufacturing desire? How do you manufacture desire?
0: Well, eye contact's definitely part of it. You're not making eye contact. You're not really connecting. You know, you're more so just being watched. If you're challenging the gaze, I think I think that pulls people in more. Because if you're just being, yeah, if you kind of like look at them back and you make that connection, I think it's like a way of like, taking their breath away and like surprising them and like bringing them even more in more intensely.
1: I took a class, took a private class with Gladriel Caress who's uh, a teacher at, at the studio. And one of the things that she said that stuck with me was, you know, when you're looking out uh, at the audience, imagine you're looking at a person who you just desperately want to connect with. You know, imagine like the sexiest person and that's who you're looking at. I never thought about it before. Like, you know, it's like you think a lot about yourself or like maybe what does my face look like? What do I look like? What am I doing? But like, what about what's your idea of the audience? A sea of faces or is it like some, some, some hot, hot, sexy people?
0: I've never taken a burlesque class. and I've never done a burlesque show. I don't feel qualified. You know, like everything that you guys were talking about, that's very insightful. And that is information you can only really get from taking like a professional class. I could try to wing it, but I'm a comic. Like I'm a stand up comedian. Like what was saying? I'm so much more comfortable going on stage and being funny. Even when I'm on shows with other, with people who are burlesque performers, there's always a part of me that's like, I need to differentiate myself from these people. Cause I'm one of these people.
1: Lucy, I read an article that you wrote that was on Vice about uh, performing at a sex club in your underwear and being one of your best sets ever.
0: Yeah, but it was comedy. (laughs) I do like that article because I do talk to a friend of mine who is a burlesque performer and I got her insight and she was saying that in comedy, you can't really hide, but in burlesque, you can. And I thought that was interesting. Because in comedy, it's more about like, for most people, it's less of a character and more of like a raw insight into your thoughts feelings and how you interpret them into jokes and then burlesque it's like you're putting on a like a bit of an act a bit more of an act
2: i've heard it said that like if you're a comedian you have to know that you're smarter than everyone so maybe as a comedian you have to be smarter than everyone and as a sexy performer you have to know that you're sexier than
1: everyone or something well, like that well tell us about your name is
0: like i'm dumber than everyone
1: but, <laughs> that, i'm doing I'm, I'm grabbing hold of this conversation i want to i want to yeah, well, tell, tell, us about, tell us about your nipples. These two right here. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah,
2: I've got two of them. All right. Uh, this one to the left uh, is uh, pierced. It's pierced? Yes, uh, for 14 years. I got it on my 18th birthday.
0: Oh, shit. Wow. Wow, that's fun.
2: Funny story about that, I, I had it pierced for many years, and when I was, like, 25, I was uh, sleeping with someone, and then afterwards, we're looking each, into each other's eyes, and I'm feeling all tough, and, hey, baby, and uh, she looks down, and she's like, oh, where's your nipple ring? I was like, that hasn't come out in six years, and I look down, and it's gone, immediately freak out, start, like, searching the bed, oh, my God, oh, my God, the whole gonna close, it's gonna be crazy. and uh, it was not a good look, but I ended up finding the, the ring, and then I had to go get it re-pierced, which was horrific and
1: uh, that's it oh dear
0: Hey louise do we want to do a story
1: i want to i want to i want to talk to Wilson more first just a little bit
0: okay okay for sure it is. let's do it
1: i remember one time where i asked you to do something i was like why don't we tell a story and you're like yeah no i don't want to do that right now and i was like what the fuck
0: <laughs> now you're giving me a taste of my own medicine
1: i'm due do- coming back
0: jay it's because we're both switches
1: <laughs> what's a switch
0: A Switch Mm -hmm. is someone who is comfortable being both dominating and submissive. Oh, Tell me more. And we're both Libras. And (laughs) Will's a Libra. (laughs) We're all Libra Switches. Please give us a shout out in the comments on Twitch if you're a Switch or if you're a Libra. We're dying to know.
1: Well, tell us a little about yourself. How's how's your sex life going these days? What's going on? I want to get to know you. Yeah, it's going well. Um, sex is good.
2: I'm seeing someone right now, and uh, there's that you know that spark. It's been about a month, and we're we're on fire. You know, you get that that first lovers connection. It's it's uh, it's enthralling and incredible. So, I'm. Uh, fully gorging in that presently and communication is always key so when you find someone who can communicate and uh who's on your same vibe and likes yeah likes to do things to you and likes to have things done to them by you then it's a pretty good equation how's your sex
1: life it's been pretty good man you really taught me a lesson i remember listening to your story a few episodes ago about exploring your butt and i was like so inspired i feel and like you're like my sensei better. on that regard a little bit
2: well my dude i mean uh, there is like untapped power and potential back there like it would be silly not to go and explore that you know it's like one dude's like oh yeah i can bench press two plates like yeah but can you fucking have a multi-orgasm through your anus like that's way more impressive (laughs) you know yeah
1: totally
0: but stuff is definitely the focus of our show most of the time but stuff and i think it comes back to will because that was like the first story we played
2: ever All comes back to the butt. I have a funny butt story. When I first started exploring that stuff, you know how you get your toys and you start with one and then you progress to the second one and then you get maybe a third. And um, a couple of them down the line, I decided to get one that was maybe a little bit smaller than the previous ones because it was a different model, a different shape, was on sale or something. I was like, oh, I'll give it a shot. And uh, when I decided to play with that, I kind of got this feeling like, huh, I kind of get it now. Like, not so good. Not so good when it's not too big. When it's a little <laughs> small, you know. Me, me. So those are too so small. That's so funny! Yeah, like, oh my
0: god, that. that's hilarious.
2: Anyway, really, it just was a eureka moment, you know. I kind of like empathize with that.
1: Oh my god, I'm still pretty junior on the butt stuff. I think I'm still very thrilled by having like a couple of people in, in there. there. Get in your butt. All right, uh, how do you guys feel about listening to a story?
0: Feel really good.
1: Okay, let's get the show on the street.
0: Very excited.
1: All right, so we're gonna play our. This story is coming up from Danny. Danny from. Toronto. And we're going to start playing this story in three, two, one.
3: Okay. So there's one time that sticks out in my head. Um, I tell people all the time and they're just like, they go bug eyed. Um, I was chatting with this guy on the app and, you know, we were getting to meet up, you know, the fuck around. And he would, so he um, sent me like his address and his details. and details it was in his condo. And he was, um, to be, like, waiting ass up in the air. And I just come in and, like, we just, we just start fucking. Um, so I, he buzzed me in. I went upstairs. And, like, you know, halfway through it, I'm, like, like, I started, like, putting my finger inside of his ass. And I could feel something, something felt weird. But I kind of just, like, ignored it. And then after, like, I, you know, I was starting to fuck him. And then I was, like, no, this doesn't feel right at all. Like, I feel like something was poking me. And I'm, like... No, 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 no. Like he was kind of like out of it. Like I didn't realize it at first, but he was out of it. And then I kind of like used my finger, kind of prodded it a little bit. Um, it later became apparent that like he was like either high, like or something. Like he was, he was, he was completely out of it. But like, because like as I'm prodding, he was kind of like still like you know, kind of in his own world. But I, when I went put my finger, so I, so I put my finger in, and I felt something. And I put two more fingers in and I'm feeling, still feeling something and then I kind of grasp onto something that was inside his ass and I pulled out with my two fingers and I was shocked to find a broken oh, no. eggshell in his ass and I kind of like stared at it and I stared at him and he was like Oh, is everything okay? I'm like, yeah, I have to go. And I kind of just like, I quickly wiped myself off and rushed out of there as fast as I can. Um,
1: (laughs) yeah. Oh my God. Oh dear.
2: Holy moly. That was amazing. Wasn't expecting it to be an eggshell.
1: No, my God, an eggshell?
0: Nobody was. I love that. I love that the guy's like, is everything okay? And he's like, I gotta go.
2: Found like his egg nothing growing. is
0: okay. It's not brunch.
2: Do you think he put the egg inside of himself earlier that day?
1: Yeah, a if lie. he kept fucking him, he would have found a side of bacon in there too. That was just the beginning. <laughs> Talk about brunch.
2: Yeah, some hollandaise. <laughs> Did you see that second? Boy, that's like a big tube that lays eggs inside of you.
1: Yes, I have seen that. Yes, you can make real gelatin egg. eggs that are biodegradable and it's like an ovipoid, it's like an alien proboscis that you put in your butt and it lays eggs inside you. Do you have crazy. one? No, I don't have one,
2: but it's crazy.
1: Hey, yeah. no
0: shame if anyone watching or listening has one.
1: I don't <laughs> think that's
0: what this guy had. I think, I think this guy was maybe high on drugs signed on some sex toy website and was like, I got fucking I got a dozen eggs my fridge i could do this
1: okay i'm gonna flash my age a little bit here do you guys know that richard Gere was notorious in the 90s because he had to go to the hospital with a gerbil in his ass yeah that's oh. an urban legend it's not true that's not, tr-
0: that's not true
1: ah oh, damn it i like <laughs> to think it's people like you
0: are the only people keeping this rumor alive
1: people like me who do they don't fact check and just i just love the idea it's, it's okay fine so what I find interesting though is is the crazy, terrifying surprise of unexpected things in someone's genitals. I don't know if you've ever been there. Like, there's a lot. Of, you know, you're like your things can. There's a lot of surprises awaiting for you once you start unzipping somebody's pants. You know what I mean? Or or, or pulling those leggings down. Like, you never know exactly what you're gonna find. And I, the eggshell to me is like an extreme example, but. Definitely, I can definitely think of some instances where, you know, a little bit put off by, like, the more you get to know somebody, especially those first couple of times. By which like that one time it? that I blew Richard Gear, and he had a fucking gerbil all the way up his <laughs> ass. Uh, yeah, yeah. Richard People think my dad was like Richard Gere. Does he also put gerbils in his butt?
2: Hopefully mm. not. I mean, who knows?
1: Somebody said genitals the final frontier in the comments. That makes me think of Star Trek. That must have been fucking weird. Can you imagine being on the Star Trek Enterprise, the USS Enterprise, with that crew and fun. all those people who look basically human except for their face? But you gotta imagine their junk was all fucked up too.
0: Yeah, their junk looked like their face. It was the wine with the forehead
2: Klingon. Hey man, whatever. I'm down if it's if they got a good personality and we connect. I mean, who cares what's in their pants? Well,
1: yeah. It- could not agree more you know Get that bro pad pussy fuck finding an egg inside somebody what's the most terrifying part of that is it the actual directly like there's fucking egg in there might be going bad like an egg smell or is the implications of like why did this person put an egg in their butt
2: seems sharp like it would lacerate the sphincter
0: yeah like it i think that like poking your dick into an eggshell sounds horrifying yeah that's the worst part for me i don't care what you put in there as long as you're hygienic leaving stuff lying around in your butthole jesus christ at least he got it out maybe this guy was too lazy to take it out himself so he went on grinder he's like let me (laughs) let
1: me fuck this egg out of my ass (laughs) 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 yeah that's a good i like that (laughs) hypothesis (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> the first time.
1: Do you know what I'm thinking of now, by the way? You've re- you made me recall. You know what else goes in butts is poop. <laughs> I mean, in terms of an exit oh my God, maneuver. I for things in yeah,
2: I thought he was going to pull
1: out like a long poop.
0: <laughs> I think that that's not the craziest sex story someone can come up with. An egg is way more unexpected than poop. I'd be relieved if it was poop and not an eggshell.
1: You kind of have to imagine like how the egg ended up in there. I guess someone stuck it in, or he there stuck this, it. In. I
0: hope it was hard boiled.
1: There's this festival called Humfest, and uh, they have like a,
2: a bunch of porn, little short porn movies made by random people and submitted it to this festival. And the last one of this year's festival was called Bikes and Brunch in Berlin, and the whole concept was that they had like takeout brunch, so they call the brunch place. And it's these two guys and they put like a uh, pancake batter inside one of their butts and they bike across Berlin and then they go to this other person's house and they poop it onto a pan, cook it and they all eat it. I'm like, that's the movie.
1: So the first time I met Will, he asked me a question. Like we were talking, sex came up in the conversation. He's like, let me ask you a question. But have you ever ate ass though? And I was like, no, I haven't. And he, he, didn't, he didn't like judge me or anything, but it made me think like, okay, I got a lot of ways to go. So I've been with my partner lately and like last week, you know, I was like, okay, things are going well. This is intimate. All right. Like, let me ask you a question. I think I should, I want to, I want to eat your ass. Like, I want to do this. Let's go. I'm ready to try this stuff out. And she was like, but what about preparation though? Should we like do anything to prepare for this or what? And I was like, no, 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 we'll just go do it. She's like, whoa, whoa, before you start chowing down on my butthole, like, let's google it and (laughs) and i'm glad she did because like you know i hadn't thought about it at all i was just like yeah i'm just going i'm gonna do it you know this is gonna be great like the final frontier you know eggshells or no i'm going in and yeah no indeed there's like a lot of hygiene concerns about eating ass you know you want to like make sure it's clean number one and i was like don't eat pussy and eat ass at the same time like don't go back and forth you could lead to huge problems right so if you're eating ass you're eating ass so yeah we resolved. to like we have to like prepare more before before we do it again
0: you want to start with pussy
1: yeah you start with pussy
2: you always start with the pussy then the butt not the other way around unless you're in the shower
0: start with pussy and then use your fingers on the butt on the opening to get it going and that like two at the same time can be really like, oh, oh yeah. And then you got an extra hand, so then you switch. Anyway, <laughs> I feel like I'm doing some kind of Abbott
1: and Costello.
2: And the juice from, you know, the genitals cleans the booty hole, so it's perfect.
1: Ooh. Jay in the chat is like, ass comes last. Once it's touched butt. Ass comes last.
2: I mean, I wasn't always into eating ass, but it's, it's an acquired taste, and now I just can't get enough.
1: Can I just ask where it fits in the repertoire? <laughs> like, if is it ass comes last? Like, you eat, you, is that like the final, like coupe, the, 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 the coup de grace? <laughs> coup de I grass. mean, you know,
2: I'm kinda crazy, I'm nasty, I'll do ass first, you know what I'm saying? I'll do ass first, I don't care. Ass first after a long day at work, baby, let me treat you right. And then just like a big
1: big sloppy kiss, or I mean?
2: Yeah, whatever, man,
1: We're just, the, the skin on your anus is the same as the skin on your lips. And the poop on your anus is also the same as the poop on your face right <laughs> <laughs> that's
3: so
0: that was a bizarrely wholesome joke
1: yeah
0: <laughs> everybody yeah. pooped really eating ass has become so mainstream that you can't even make people feel it used to be something that people were embarrassed to talk about look at us now like this is great look at us now just about i haven't you. said anything about i haven't contributed much but
2: do you like your ass eating
0: i love having my ass eating it feels great relaxing, relaxing, Mm. almost. I remember like the first time I ate someone else's ass was like a long-term, yeah, long-term boyfriend that I had like few years ago and he really liked eating ass but he also really liked having his ass eaten and that was like kind of one of the he was so upfront about it because he was like i have no shame about it like i think it feels great i love having my ass eaten and being jerked off at the same time i'm like yeah who wouldn't love that hello great combination of things
1: so true so true it's like a waste otherwise yeah
0: people who are there's still people who are scared of ass and they're scared of their own ass it's pretty it's
2: scary kind of of your booty there's some power in that booty yeah. pelvic floor, it's the basement of your core.
1: Well, do you know anything about pelvic floor work?
2: I do. Yeah, it's, um, it's two simple things. All you gotta do is do your Kegels every day. You know, the, the muscle you squeeze when you have to go to the washroom. So do that like 100 times a day. And you can do short ones, you could do big strong squeezes, you could do intermittent ones. And if you do that every day, you're strengthening your muscle. And if you do that in tandem with like massaging, whether it's with your fingers or a ball, um, in your in your pelvic floor, like in your gooch, for lack of a better term, rolling that out will sort of release some of the tense muscles there. And if you can balance those two practices out, you can have a very healthy pelvic floor that's going to provide you incredible orgasms and more control over your orgasms, and that's a better better overall genital health.
1: Maybe that's where the egg came from. Maybe he was trying to do a pelvic floor workout. I just did, it was like a, maybe he laid it. <laughs> <laughs> Ate it whole?
0: Maybe he laid <laughs> yeah. it, but he definitely ate it. <laughs>
1: like,
2: oh,
0: he probably ate oh, some of
2: shell. Horrible! While he was going through him, so he probably didn't put it in his butt. He probably just ate some eggs with the shell, and it like made its way through.
1: All right, do you guys was to-
0: not one half. I think it was a hard-boiled egg that he like put in his ass and then he thought it got all the way out, but just the top half was missing, but like he looked at it for a second and then looked the whole thing went, like, yeah, it's fucking gone. Right, this is, that's plausible.
1: It's amazing that I never thought of it being a hard-boiled egg. I never even thought about it. I'm like, somehow he got a whole raw egg into his butt. That doesn't make any sense.
0: If it was not a hard-boiled egg, it wouldn't have made it that far, unless this guy's ass is like large, which it could be. No, you know, I don't know. I don't know how big this guy's ass
1: is. I mean, an egg is a pretty strong, you know, structure. Maybe it's like Mm. a sex move, like you crack the egg onto
2: his hole and then like put it his dick in to get the egg in as lube. And then just like some residual shell that somehow made his in.
0: Yeah, maybe someone stirred the egg, like whipped it with their dick, and then he like dunked it out of his butt into a bowl and they had an omelet.
1: I was just thinking that if it was like maybe an artisanal, like you know they have coffee that a cat shits out, maybe it's like an omelet out of somebody's ass is like really good.
0: I'm so happy I'm vegan.
1: I eat an omelet out of the queen's ass. okay i want you guys to be like seriously honest here if you went to a a brunch place and it was not it was it looked like a legit brunch place and on the menu they had ass omelette no no
0: personally no like
2: omelette with some like chopped up cheeks like
1: like well, like, no, like like, like somebody sticks an egg up their butt and cracks it into the omelet. Now that I'm saying it out loud, it's obviously not.
0: Okay, so we don't know how this happened. Okay, we have you're... covered every angle inside and out. We have no idea. Just like Danny, our beloved Danny from Toronto, has no idea how that egg shell got in there.
1: Alrighty-o. So this next story is from Jay Danger. He's a musician and his debut single is dropping on January 1st, 2021. He's a longtime active member of the Toronto kink community as well as the cannabis community. And more recently a queer rights, body positivity and mental health activist. Here he is coming out of the mouth of Lucy Gervais, Jay Danger.
0: There's a girl I've been seeing on and off for about five years. She lives in another city, so we don't see each other often, but when we do, it's basically a non-stop fuck-a-thon. Of all the people I've connected with sexually, this girl is the most enthusiastic about sucking my cock. I don't know what it is, she doesn't know what it is, and for the longest time I swore she was just trying to stroke my ego, but she can't get enough of it. She was planning on coming to visit me one summer. So I made arrangements to get us a hotel room for the visit. In the sexy lead up to the visit, she confessed to me that she had been wanting to explore being cucked. And when I came out to her as pansexual, she was very excited about the idea of watching me interact with a cock. She came to town, we checked into the hotel, and enjoyed a relaxing afternoon of making each other come in as many ways as we could think of. Eventually, evening came, and after returning to the room from dinner, I told her to get naked because I had a surprise for her. A few minutes later, a knock came at the door. Earlier in the year, wanting to explore my newfound gay side, I had found myself a guy to fool around with. When the girl saw him, she knew exactly what I had planned. I cuffed her hands behind her back so she couldn't touch herself and told her she was about to watch me suck a cock, but she wasn't allowed to join. I take a lot of pride in my work, and regular visits to the local bathhouse means I've gotten quite talented at giving head. I gave my friend the blowjob of all blowjobs. I pulled every trick I had out of my slut bag and made him temporarily forget how to speak. I made a huge show of it and was spouting a lot of dirty talk that I know is probably getting her incredibly turned on, At one point while I was flicking the tip of my tongue on the underside of his cock head, I swear I could hear her whimpering. I took my friend's cock out of my mouth to take a quick breather. And I guess a dominant streak hit him because he started pulling me up off my knees, onto the bed, and put me on my back. He pinned my arms above my head with his knee and fed his cock into my mouth, slowly but firmly fucking my face. At this point, he looked at the girl and said, why don't you come help him with that in reference to my rock hard cock? She came over to the bed, he unclipped her cuffs and she started sucking my cock like her life depended on it. My friend feeding me his cock, he knows how ticklish I am. So when I get close to coming, he'd start tickling me to distract me and make the orgasm subside, stretching it out to a torturous degree. The girl picked up on this and not only started helping him, but eventually started tailoring her blowjob to be more teasing and gentle and keep me on edge longer. Eventually, my friend pulled out of my mouth and shot his load all over my body. And shortly after, I unloaded a huge load of cum into the girl's mouth, and we lay together in the happy afterglow. Yes! That's a sexy story. Oh, baby right
1: that's pretty hot that would be
0: super hot there's so mm. many sexy things about that story
1: pick one yeah what a lovely gift uh, group sex i gotta confess guys i've i've uh, i've never had it i've never been in a, even a three way so i'd like to i'd like to hear uh, from from you guys about this story and 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 the joys of the joys of group sex i mean that sounded amazing yeah group sex
0: i've never been in a situation with two guys and like i really want to but my group sex, sex has always been very spontaneous like very like hey we have a hot, hot girl or non-binary person over here and a dude over here and i'm here <laughs>
1: uh-huh.
0: let's go party like it's very much that right so this is like this is a story that explains the situation i'd really like to Partake it. Like I would love to be cuffed in a corner and watch dudes' dicks play with each other. That'd be really fun.
2: Well, hey Jay, uh, you know maybe uh, <coughs> you know, <better> friends <laughs> as Good friends. Um, it's interesting your your experience. All of my experiences have been planned. Have been the total opposite of your experiences. Um, besides the first sexy orgy thing that I attended, which was a little bit traumatic and intense. Um, all the other ones after that have all been like uh, planned sexy parties with like a uh, time when the door opens and door closes with clear boundaries and talking and uh, like very positive and like healing and nice. But uh, I mean, you know, like uh, I think you've been to one, you've been to the mall. Uh, yeah. Sometimes when you're like in a big group, it can be a bit of a show and it's about like consuming with your eyes, you know, and looking around and, Uh, performing and and all this kind of stuff Um, but yeah definitely fun I would love to continue to go to those things here and there and I think everyone should it's just like a great time Mm -hmm. the main thing that I run into is that when I tell like my other friends who who don't do these things that I you know have gone to these sexy parties they immediately think it's some kind of crazy gangbang which would be fine as well but it's never that it's always like a very tame like tasteful lingerie party that sort of blossoms into more sensual encounters
1: Mm, yeah i've never sucked a cock and but i'm very fascinated with two (laughs) guys two speaking of you know classy sexual encounters i'm not i i like i like lucy's scenarios like you know what we should do now i'm just thinking because i looked at all the I, i i did the calculus on the genitals in this room and we should fucking fuck all of us you know like one plus one yeah equals three Um,
2: Mm -hmm. three-way baby
1: oh yeah so i actually i also like the two guys on one girl scenario i find there's a lot of interesting things we talked about that a little bit before like there's a lot of collaboration happening and it makes a lot of sense to me like more you know and when i watch porn i really like you know gangbangs and stuff And i like when a girl's just like flabbergasted with cock that really does it for me it's like oh there's so much dick for me to deal with here like oh you know. like to flabbergast it's all over the place it i love some that shit. Organization,
2: the chemistry between the doms the ones in charge the ones feeding the d
1: yeah well, i think that's important too and my, my i think my missing link on that situation is having chemists like the only kind of group sex experience i've had with men is we're fucking separately in the same room when we're like young and you're doing like a bro like a fist pump like hey we're fucking you know but like I never, yeah <laughs> a message from lucky senpai you really have to be comfortable with your body to allow two people to see you nude let alone some people being cool with just the one you know yes lucky senpai i can relate i am so i i find it hard enough to find one sexual partner and have a, a second person in there that i find compatible is also kind of uh makes me anxious, for sure. What about you guys? You find it's okay? It's like, ah, you know, like adding the third, it's, you know. Um, I
2: don't think I've had many like three ways, just like these sort of like uh, big sexy parties. Um, I feel like that's more intimate, like three ways, four ways, or couple swapping, or uh, stuff like this is, I think, more intimate. Like, I think most of the sexy parties I've been to, it's been like uh, everyone's in their own little corner doing things and watching, and a little bit of participation, but definitely not interwoven like it would be in like a three-way or something like this mm. so that I'd get to experience. Seems interesting yeah. though, to be intertwined with a couple other people.
1: I would be terrified to be in a room with you two in person. I'm not gonna lie. He would fuck the shit out of you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Your asshole would be over, Jay. <laughs> Be sitting there like Sandra D, I swear to god for sure. You give me the, both of you give me that vibe. I'm so happy to be like in another room right now. My pink fucking <laughs> sweater and my the, mohair.
2: Make you watch. There's an app oh. for that. And actually, I think we saw each other on that app, Lucy. What is it called? Uh
0: Field. Yeah. Yeah, we've yeah. actually talked about Field on this show before.
2: That's why I bring it up.
0: Yeah, that's like, I think it's my favorite app, although it has like the most buttons in terms of, like, technical issues.
2: And it's always the same people.
0: I mean, I only just got it, I think, in, like, October. Because a friend of mine who's married and polyamorous has it, and I was in Toronto visiting, and he was like, you should get field." And I was like, it's for kinky poly people? I was like, sold. Like, I'm already banned off Tinder. Let's see if we can get banned off this.
2: How'd you get banned off Tinder?
0: Marijuana. Really? Yep. I got high and bored on Tinder so i made my profile like really funny as in like i z- i just zoomed in all my pictures that i had like just these really zoomed in pictures of myself and then my bio said call the police
1: oh shit
0: i thought it was so funny i was <laughs> scream- i was looking at my phone screaming laughing i was like if people match with me now it's because they understand my sense of humor and that's like a good way to connect with people And then after that, like maybe two days later, I was like annoyed because I was like, none of these connections are going anywhere. And like, it's just a monotonous, like matching with people and no conversation. So I messaged all of my matches to ask if they would take me out for barbecue.
2: Mm -hmm. And I
0: guess I forgot that my profile looked like a sociopath created it. And then I think like 20 of them must have reported me. And then I got banned.
1: (laughs) Oh, shit. Did anybody take you for barbecue, though?
0: One guy was like, boy, I I can't really take you for barbecue, but I could make it at my house for you. And I was like, really? And then I got banned, so I could never talk to him.
2: Oh, Oh. if you're listening, barbecue bandit.
0: Barbecue Lover 69, 420. I'm hungry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm banned out seeking arrangement. It's like the sugar baby Sugar daddy website.
2: Is it because you're just too sweet?
0: I'm just too sugary. Too many calories. They had to get me out of there.
1: Sugar daddies. Oh, baby. Yeah.
0: yeah. I think I wasn't subtle enough. People would be like, hello. And I'm like, money. And then they're like, prostitute. And I was like, what? Isn't not the point.
1: Uh, when I was a kid, I wrote a short story about being a busboy at a steakhouse. Uh, like the owners widowed wife picking me up at the steakhouse and making me her boy toy. And then going into a convenience store to buy something covered in all the shit that she bought me and seeing two construction workers who gave me this look like, you know, you're just a fucking twinky ass boy toy covered in luxury bullshit, making me feel nice. like, like, a, like a rich lady's uh, accessory. It's a fantasy for me too, I think. It's kind of interesting when somebody's like got, you know, going like, I'm gonna take care of you, baby, like everything. Oh
0: yeah, it's really appealing.
1: I can't remember last time actually. I'm trying to think about it. last time. I felt like like taken care of, like a partner was like, "Oh baby, I got this. Don't worry. You just like relax and s- sit back and get on this yacht and don't even worry about a thing." Shh, you know.
2: I mean, when you make dinner
1: or whatever food for your partner, it's kind of like that.
0: One person doesn't have to be rich in order to provide that kind of level of luxury.
1: That's true. I definitely felt cared for and safe with with a human being, but. I mean, I was thinking a little bit more decadent than that.
2: You should try this, Jay. Like next time you're making like a uh, dinner for your partner or whatever, you make this elaborate big old dinner. And then when you go to serve it on the plate, it's just your dick. And there it is. That's, that's what's for dinner. Taking care mm. of it. Extra
0: sausage.
1: <laughs> yeah, eggs and sausage. <laughs> eggs,
0: eggs and sausage. I said extra. Baby, guess, eggs and guess. Sausages sausages
1: sausages sausages you know that, you know that omelet you're eating right now? Guess what? It's <laughs> on my dick. Guess what? <laughs> oh no not my
3: dude. I had my, no,
0: friend. No, no. I had my boy danny bring his friend over
1: if you really want oh, to show her you okay. care crack an egg in your ass and make your own um, so Dear what are
0: household
2: items in the kitchen that you can use for pleasure there's so many i feel in the kitchen
1: yeah i mean erotic erotica in the kitchen um, i think every
0: i think most people have fucked in the
3: kitchen
1: I'm gonna tell. I, I think I'm gonna tell a story now, and then we're gonna do our last pre-recorded story because Lucky Senpai asked, "Are there any sex stories from either of you about times you felt guilty or shamed about what you were about to do or just did?" Indeed, I have a, a, a shameful story that I like to tell. I would like to tell a story about a time that I was seduced by a lesbian.
2: Oh, she- Better be careful with those.
1: Straight guys telling the story, you're probably thinking, oh, lesbian. Like, oh, his, his, his cock was so great, he, like, converted her. It was not, no, no, no. This is not that kind of story at all. So basically what happened was, I had a friend. She was, like, kind of like a butch lesbian. We knew each other for a while. And she always seemed like a, like a cool dude. She wore <laughs> you know, like a hat. She ran like a restaurant and I would always see her with her girlfriends Who and her girlfriends were always these kind of like fine bones, like white chicks who looks really upset about something. Like, like they just had an argument or something like every time that I met her girlfriend. So I think there were several. So one night we were out drinking and my friend, you know, was like getting pretty fucking drunk and started like making eyes at me, like making those kind of like, yo, I'm going to like, like looking at me like I'm a piece of meat or something. We're, we're in this club and, and she looks at me and she's like, why don't we go to this alley and I'll suck your dick. And I was really surprised. Cause like, she's, you know, she's, she's gay. She never expressed interest in me really before. So we go out of the bar down this like horrible, like nappy little elevator into a back alley. And she just starts blowing me. And I'm, what I'm beginning to feel is that for her, this is just like, I am just some fucking meaty dick appendage. Like she doesn't give a fuck about me. You know, she's, she's, she's doing what I would usually do in the club if I was in that situation. And like looking at a, you know, vagina and just being like, not thinking about people's emotions whatsoever, just trying to get off, you know? My emotions, what I was feeling, what was going on with me, was like not factoring into this whatsoever. So I started to feel pretty dirty, like we're in a, a pretty actually dirty alley, like it was not, it was kind of like a moist weather outside, it had rained recently, so already like every surface was like not exactly nice to be leaning on while your dick was getting sucked. And then she's like, you know what, why don't you just like, why don't you fuck me? So yeah, she. I'm like, oh, all right. But then I'm starting to feel pretty used and pretty weird. So she, 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 she takes her pants and I start fucking her from behind. And it's, it, it turns out she's like on her period a little bit. And this is like not what I signed on for. And she, and again, she doesn't care. She's like, whatever. She's like, let's go. Let's do this fucking thing. Come on. Yeah, fuck me, man. So we're fucking his alley. And then finally, you know, I, 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 I nervously like blow my load eventually. And then, and then I'm like covered in, period blood my rain jacket my yellow rain jacket is like like ruined and torn she's like all right pretty little thing i felt pretty ashamed about that whole exchange felt very used and then to add insult to injury on the whole episode i got a yeast infection
2: oh yeah
1: the whole like not hygienic like alley uh intercourse thing uh yeah didn't work out for me so that was a pretty shameful moment but you came I, you know, yeah i did i came but yeah i don't know i i i felt very distracted from the whole experience and i remember seeing her later and feeling awkward and and then i saw her again one time when she was drunk and she had this friend visiting from new york who was also like a dude like this balding dude She was getting drunk again and she was you know it was like not listening to us and those same expression came on her face and she's like yo why don't you guys like kiss and i'm like i'm getting out of here i know exactly what you're fucking up to
2: That sucks, man. It sucks to feel used like that. I mean, and it's hard to say no and to set boundaries. I mean, in hindsight, would you do it again?
1: That's a good question. Um, I don't think I would do that again, but it gave me some insight too. Like when I'm using people, basically she had no emotional vulnerability to me. And usually people that I sleep with, I think they're pretty vulnerable. Like they like me or something. It's rare that somebody is like, Ooh, I don't give a fuck about you whatsoever. And you know, you got no hooks in me, and I'm just going to use you straight up. It happens once in a while, of course. It's not a
0: sexy thing to pick up on, though. No. When you're like, ooh, I noticed that. Do I keep going? How bored am I?
2: Exactly. It always comes down to how bored are you, you know?
0: (laughs) Okay, here's a fun question. Is having sex out of boredom something you should stop doing?
2: Yes. Is that something you stop doing
0: as you get older? I think it's something you stop doing as you get older. And I think it should be in the sex ed curriculum. Right off the bat, hey, sometimes you might have sex out of boredom. Probably not going to be that good and probably not going to be that worth it. Some advice I could have heard when I was a bit younger.
1: Yeah, we're we're not objects, we're human beings. Indeed. All right, do you guys want to play our story?
0: This is such a good story. So that is from Abby Stonehouse, who is a hilarious stand-up comic writer and producer. She made her... Off JFL debut just in 2018. She also produces the Get Fucked Show and Long Laughs, which is basically a stand up show production company that started after COVID so that people could watch comedy in their backyards. And she's just she's really awesome.
1: Playing our story. you
4: in three, two, one. Smelly guy by Abby Stonehouse. I first met Smelly Guy on OkCupid four years ago. He was nerdy, cute, and gave me five minutes of his time. Evidently, that was all I needed to be fully ready to give him anything he wanted. He messaged me all of four times before he sent me a picture of his dick. A move I am way too familiar with and way too accepting of. You can send it, I will not block you. I will sext you, masturbate, and wonder why I have not found the love of my life after all these years. Smelly Guy's dick was spectacular. It was the first dick that I audibly gasped when I saw it for the first time. It was pink, had a beautiful prominent knob, and a thick vein that ran up it. It was and is the most photogenic penis I have ever seen in my life. After sending a few of these masterpieces via text, and after we both stopped touching ourselves, I naturally orchestrated the conversation that he would ask me out on a date. I needed to see this specimen in person. He played along and we planned to meet the following Saturday. He lived in the plateau, so naturally we planned to have a drink a block away from his apartment. Three long days after the initial dick pic and four sexting sessions later, we met in person. I was early to arrive in the area, so he told me I could just go straight to his apartment. This was obviously a dumb move. I watched enough true crime to know that this is dangerous, but it was cold and it's impossible to look sexy in a parka, so I was wearing way less clothes than I should have. It's surprising how fast windchill can make me throw caution to the wind. So my young, naive self rationalized poorly and rang his doorbell. He buzzed me in. I opened the door and he greeted me at the bottom of the stairs from his basement apartment. He watched me walk down the stairs and he hugged me. Then we immediately started making out. As I stood there with my tongue down his throat, I noticed a faint smell tickling my nose. Distracted by his hands moving up my skirt, I didn't think much of it. Then he invited me in. It hit me. A tidal wave of stank ran up my nostrils and almost knocked me to my knees. A smell that could only be described as three months worth of cat shit, and rotting food all festering in one studio apartment with no proper air supply. I could barely breathe. I didn't know what to say. Was I about to teach this man a lesson of hygiene and cleanliness? Should I just run out screaming? Was the smell causing permanent damage to my sensory organs? lightheaded from trying to hold my breath and rationalizing. He then pulled a move that proved very beneficial for a man in his smelly disposition. He pulled out his dick, that perfect dick. His beautiful penis and the overpowering ammonia circulating lowered my inhibitions like no drug has ever done before. My brain left my body and watched my drunk on catch smell self strip naked and climb on his dick. It was good. It was really good. After coming three times, he handed me a towel to clean off. Surprisingly, this man had a towel beside his bed ready for messy situations. The irony. As I wiped the cum off my tits, the reality of where I was sunk in. And the haze started to lift. And the smell, While well, the smell had somehow gotten worse. I put my clothes back on, now covered in cat hair, and made an excuse to leave. He kissed me tenderly before I escaped through his doorway. As I walked up the flight of stairs to the outside, I felt the oxygen fill my lungs again. As I walked to my car, I felt my body getting stronger with every breath I took. The neurons in my brain started to fire again at a healthier rate. Now I was back to reality, no longer cat shit drunk, but fully, fully disgusted with myself, but unbelievably satisfied.
0: Woo! Best dick, like such good dick, but at what cost? Right, like?
2: That cock sounded like COVID, like she didn't even, she lost her sense of smell and everything. (laughs) Oh my goodness.
0: (laughs) Much quicker recovery time than COVID, thank goodness. Oh dear. I feel she didn't even mention the cats, which make me, makes me suspect that they were
1: new. Oh,
2: or under oh, the bed. Yeah. I want to see this dick.
1: <laughs> so beautiful that it was worth, like, the nastiest personal hygiene. I don't know about Plenty you guys, works. but I'm like the princess and the pea when it comes to shit like that. Like, I get very turned off. I'm very into, like, when I'm into somebody's scent and taste, like, it does a lot for me. Boy, if I'm not into it, like, I get serious, like, fight-or-flight vibes.
0: Yeah, I, I think I would go. I think I don't, I don't think I would have gone as far as the dick. My sense of smell and my sense of taste are very, like, intense. So if something smells bad, like, it, bothers me so much. So I think I probably would have been like, I don't think there's chemistry here, which is a thing I'm allowed to say. And then I would have gone.
2: Mm. You carry your pheromones in your sweat. So if you find someone smells really good, that's usually a good indicator that you should mate with that person. Whereas if that person smells really bad, it's a good indicator that you should not mate with that person. That's why yeah, brothers and sisters find that each other smells really bad.
0: I mean, maybe it, should, maybe it was like a power through sort of thing. Where she was like, I'm not, I'm not spending the night. Like if she was, if she spent the night, that would be. Great. But she was like, okay, came three times, got what we came here for. I, I, we can leave. It was just like a power through sort of situation. Maybe it was really worth
1: it. It makes me wonder about if there was something exciting about the fact that it felt wrong for her because my experience with orgasms is like the ones that you power through are not the best. So having like a multiple orgasmic, really stinky, uncomfortable situation. Like, I I wonder if on some level, it's like bringing something to the table. Like, you know, this is bad, this is wrong. Like, was it exciting? The taboo
2: aspect
0: of it being just nasty as shit.
1: Yeah, I find it distracting personally. Like, I I, I don't know, when things are nasty, like I, I find my attention divided.
0: What's worse? Someone who's making you feel used in a moment or someone whose apartment smells like cat shit but isn't making you feel used.
2: That's a toss up. I don't know, that's a hard decision.
0: That's a hard
1: one. For me, it's actually super simple. I would definitely choose being used over the cat shit smell. Like 100%. Like not even a yeah,
2: too. Cat shit smells bad, dog.
0: <laughs> Do you think you would say something about the cat shit smell?
2: I'd be like, yo, have you ever heard of toxoplasmosis? Hello. Yeah, it's that living uh, organism in cat's poop that gives you schizophrenia or whatever.
0: Yeah, it lives in your brain. I think I would say like, listen, I'm having a lot of fun. It's, it does not smell good in here. Is there something we can do? I think I'm that bold to be like,
1: Dude, let's take a shower. I will help
0: you take this garbage out. And then if he's offended, he'll kick me out. And I'm like, I tried.
1: I remember one time starting to, d- to date somebody and she was like a good person and classy and stuff. And I realized, oh my God. i like, listen, I, I remember we started. I'm like, listen to me before you come to my apartment. I got to tell you something like I need, to, I need to basically redo my whole apartment now. <laughs> There is no way you're gonna put up with the state of my apartment the way it is. And it was during a vacation, and I like I went to Walmart and bought all the cleaning products because my place was filthy. And I knew like I cannot bring you in here. Like you're never gonna put up with it. And it, not even in like a judgmental way. Like it's just gonna freak you out. You know, you're you're not gonna be able to get comfortable and trust me and relax. I mean, I, yeah. went,
2: I lived in a closet for like half a year, and I was still like you know bringing people home, and it was fine.
0: I think you I can maintain a, a closet well too. Apartment there. That I shared. <laughs> I had the bedroom, she had the living room, but I still got mine. We had to walk through a hallway that was created by a literal curtain. We made it work.
1: I once fucked somebody when I had bed bugs. Oh yeah, that was. I would rather
0: fuck like cat shit, rotten fruit, McGillicuddy than bed
1: bugs. (laughs) Yeah, no, that was the worst.
0: Especially if we had a good dick. (laughs) Bed bugs and mediocre dick, out of (laughs) here.
1: Oh, um, man, yeah. One of my neighbors
0: that, is coming home good.
1: Yeah, it's it's funny sometimes how it could be, like, a, like some of it being, like, gross and weird is enough, but, like, it, do you think there's, like, a scale? You go, like, get over here, and it's like, ooh, I don't know. Like, this is too much? It was definitely too much. I mean, I Abby seemed they, pretty satisfied with the situation, right? Like, the takeaway of that story, she was like, I, this smell was worth it.
0: Can I say something funny? I think my cat is so needy and annoying that it legitimately drove somebody to ghost me
1: what's like the most non-directly related to that person thing that's ever made me be like i can never sleep with them again or i don't i'm not into this anymore Specifically, if, uh,
2: if they live north of van horn then that's just like can't can't make that happen <laughs> too far away it's just come on you don't have the time to travel all across the city
0: I mean, if they're willing to they come to me.
1: Okay, so on this topic, because I don't drive and I use the most vanilla dating app, Hinge, but I set my kilometer oh, radius. Oh, Hinge is good. Yeah.
0: I do like Hinge, Hinge is good.
1: I set it very small radius so that it would only be people very near me. And what I noticed was that the, there's a lot of hot people like in Villaray. And once I said it to the Sudwest, ooh, like I did not like the results. A different Apparently vibe the east side too. of Montreal is like a lot hotter in my very limited years. You know, does
0: history. have some Phil Ray Plateau, a lot of hotties,
1: I agree.
2: They're we sexy as hell in the Southwest. we just a little bit, you know, a bit more real. A bit more real, a little more earthy? <laughs> yeah, a little bit more earthy. A bit more of a smelly cock? If it's I nice. think so
1: too. I think there's like hot people in the Sudwest, but they're not on Hinge, I guess. I don't know what dating app they're using. They're probably just married and have to
0: Maybe their own field. Field is good. I recommend if you are in a position where you're dating and you're a little more, you know, on the open side and kinky side, field is like specifically designed for that. And I'm, I I think it's cool. I think it's fun.
2: Yeah. I met this super duper hot young couple on field, but they lived on Jerry, which is just so far. So we never ended up meeting up because it's just too far. They don't want to come to the Southwest. I don't want to go to the fucking Jerry Park. Never happened.
0: Yeah, I mean, once. Do you think once there would be like a vaccine and life was the normal again? Do you think you'd maybe meet up in the middle or go all the way there and then come to you?
2: Oh well, I don't think that would stop me at all, whether there was a vaccine or not. It's just the distance.
1: Have you ever gotten on an airplane for sex? Like really gone far away? Oh, uh, you mean to find to go get sex with someone in another place? Uh, yes. Yeah,
2: went all the way to Scotland for some sex.
1: But you won't go to
0: Jerry?
2: Well, you know, uh, I was younger back then, and uh, it's Scotland. Took a plane. Yeah, no,
0: of course. Scotland's way more interesting.
2: It's like once in a, once a lifetime. I, a had, lifetime a, I had a
0: first date on an airplane once.
1: Yeah. <sighs> Literally
0: dated a, went on a date with a pilot.
1: No, is it like one of the little planes?
0: Yeah, it was a passenger plane. Oh. <gasps> yeah. I got taken out for dinner, and I went on a plane. It was pretty fun.
2: How did it, how did he fit?
0: Is this a dirty joke question?
2: Trying to work it in, I don't know. I didn't get it.
0: You know what? It got a little towards the end of the day. He got very persistent in like the not fun way. You know what I mean? Like so I'm a like,
1: pilot. I took you out for dinner. Now, oh, how'd you how'd you exit that situation?
0: I I told him to drive my ass home because he lives, like a little outside Montreal, and I was like, no, I'm. Going home tonight. Like, I'm not staying here. You drove me here. You have to drive me back. I tell people how
1: to treat me. Well done. You
0: have to tell people how to treat you if they're refusing to do it on their own. I was like, I have a cat. I got to feed (laughs) him. Flawless excuse
1: you know this whole conversation is reminding me of my sluttier days seduction technique which was actually super not romantic which was basically all based around logistics and my 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 overall approach was like the the basic thing is not making somebody want to have sex with you the basic thing is removing all the barriers to them having sex with you by which that means is like once you're there's like a place to be in and comfort and good vibes and all these things like all right good that's like that's like to me that was like that's much bigger part of your battle like if somebody likes you a lot but you've nowhere to go or uh, you know you got to travel very long distance like to fucking go there you sound like huge, Dennis from barrier. it's always sunny from who's <laughs> Dennis
0: the scary one
1: the scary Dennis Dennis from the it's Menace? always
0: sunny removing the barriers like for them to like leave
1: no no it's what are like you
0: talking about
1: no it's like okay I'll give you two scenarios. Scenario one is somebody really fucking likes you, but you live an hour away and it's gonna you have to take a very long fucking train and it's gonna be cost a fortune and be super fucking annoying. And once you get there, there's nothing to drink and it sucks. Okay. Oh,
0: okay.
1: Scenario B is like somebody like kinda likes you, but whatever, but it's like here's my place right here and it's very we're well stocked and we don't have to do anything all we have to do is like you know take seven steps and and listen to some good music and hang out the logistics what we're just talking about is a big part of why we don't sleep together right like if you meet somebody and they live very on the other side of town you're like fuck that
0: Oh, like, okay. You want to put the logistics in your favor,
1: yes, yes, it's not like okay. no I didn't mean like you know turn off the phone line so call an exit for Christ's sakes, come on I <laughs> yeah. think
2: the way that that's the thing that works and the way that works is because you're helping someone slide into a more parasympathetic state in their nervous system, so your nervous system you have your fight or flight, which is your sympathetic nervous system and your parasympathetic nervous system, which is when you feel calm and relaxed and you're digesting. You can only be aroused in a parasympathetic state. So if you're calm and relaxed, everything is taken care of, you're way more likely to be aroused than if you're like fight or flight or rushing to get, catch the Metro, to catch the bus, to walk in the snow, to go up this person's stairs.
1: I so agree with that. And it's very funny how like feeling like warm and safe, you know, it's actually true. It's like, you know, part of it is like, yeah, that feeling, that feeling of comfort that you get, you know, it's not just about like finding that special snowflake that resonates with you. Maybe it's part of it. It's like the situation you can create together.
2: Mm.
1: Will, would you like to tell the story?
2: Yeah, sure. I actually
1: was thinking sexy poem. What do y'all think about that? I think it sounds very good. So, okay. I'm going to read you two little poems, little
2: alliterations, Uh, some backstory behind these poems. Uh, When I first downloaded Tinder like a decade ago, I uh, got really inspired to write sexy poems to my matches. And I would do this by sort of writing some sort of alliteration poem or a poem that uh, used the first letter of their names. So this is two of these poems. Okay, so the first one is uh, the letter V. Here we are. This vivacious vixen is oh so very verboten. She's got me vexed with her vermilion eyes staring at me voraciously. Her lips curled viciously in a vibrant V trying to suck me into her vortex. She wants me in her world like vicariously. Her voice is a vibrant voodoo that will victoriously move you with new versions of Velocity. She'll eat you up like a vegan on vacation via her Velvet Valley. But watch out, Vincenzo. She's high voltage. Better stick with variety and keep your visits varied. Ooh. That's number one. And number two is, uh, is uh, S- here it is. It's a little bit longer this one. You taste like sweet serenity, a snack that soothes like a soothsayer spinning stories that makes my heart slip like sleep. You're putting my mind to sleep. You silly salute trying to scandalize my samurai short sword. Shit, you a sneaky snake, got me fumbling with my saber. You a straight up sexy succubus and watch me succumb to your sensuality. I try to be stubborn, but I'm a stud, so cut me some slack, girl. This is getting way too sacred. I ain't no surrendering, sadu, shoot. Sadly, I just wanted the selfish safari. Do you need a saddle, Sagittarius? Stay safe, sex. Yes, I don't want to swim in your soul and scared of the sea. I can't even sail, I ain't got the salary. But I'll sell you a sweaty, salivorous, body-salivating splooge. Check out this steak. It's a Salisbury. We can listen to Sade and slither into my saloon. What's a synonym for sex? Because I ain't got the right words for love. We can synchronize a symphony even if we ain't in Sydney and get you screaming like sweet serendipity, symbolic Sigmund. Sister, who's your daddy? swoosh and sizzle sausage and sickle swivel this super sunset to a surprise sunrise i love them holes swiss and how you swallow and don't spit shit you got me sore like a sunburn my senses are shot and that was just a sample yeah that
0: was sexy poetry did those poems work
2: 50 50. i mean i wasn't using them i was just i was just getting inspired and like writing stuff to random people With no expectation of anything, and half the time I would get like no response, and then like maybe forty percent of the time people would be like really blown away that someone took the time to write them a little personalized, sexy thing, and then maybe ten percent of the time people were like, "Oh my god, you're fucking crazy and vulgar and delete you."
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, it's more interesting than just saying, "Hey, sure." What?
2: It's super easy and it's super fun to do. It's it's. Sounds good and says, it feels good in the mouth to say, like things like, Oh, Lucy, I want to lick you down the longitude of your long legs. It's fun to say. Mm.
0: These old things.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, do you have like more of a story story? Yeah, I did yeah, love yeah, those poems, story. but do you have like a little quick anecdote to go with yeah. them as well?
2: Here's a story. So, Cinema L'Amour, um, I've been there many times, dozens and dozens of times. I think it's a great place. It's free for couples, Mondays and Tuesdays. So you can just nip on by with your coffee, hang out for 20 minutes and leave if you want. There's no worries because it's free. So the last time I went to Cinéma La Moule was with someone I was dating. It was uh, maybe 11 a.m. on a Tuesday morning. Cinéma La Moule was open from 10 to 10. And no matter what time of the day you go, there's always a bunch of people. So we went at 11 a.m. with our coffees from Dispatch, which is right next door on Duluth and Saint Laurent and we walked into the old theater very very dark you could barely see it. it takes time for your eyes to adjust we got into the theater walked down the aisle and, and went to the couples section which is halfway down the aisles three aisles that are totally separated from everything else and it's only for couples so we took the one to the right and to, the one on the left was actually occupied by these two older gentlemen and a beautiful grandmother looking woman older woman with curly white hair a jovial smiling face and glasses her skin was shining she was a bit portly and wearing like a nice knitted sweater and uh, so we sit down and we're uh, taking a look at the movie that's on the on the screen the porno it's always very cheap and very quick and we look over and uh, sure enough this uh, madam is giving these two uh, older gentlemen a little uh, tuggy tuggy no. so she's not doing her thing me and the girl I was with we were making out and started touching each other and, and we we're getting very aroused with the whole situation and of course while this is happening there's a a couple dozen men in the corners over there. There's maybe one guy over there and they're all kind of like creaking the seats of the, of the theater seats and like looking over their shoulder and slightly, silently jerking off. So me and my little lady were getting, getting into each other, having a good time and, and down the aisle at the very front of the screen, there's an old older gentleman who's got like these flip-flops on like these Crocs and he's, uh, he's jerking off, he's jerking off. But he's a good, you know, 30 yards away. And he's slowly shuffling up the aisle, you know, taking a look to his right, which is where the old lady is with those two uh, men. And then looking to the left, which is me and my girlfriend making out and stuff. He's jerking off and he's, you know, he's shuffling about and I'm looking at him. Oh, he's okay. He's over there. Make out somewhere. He's shuffling. He's shuffling. Get a little bit closer. And then he gets, he keeps getting closer until at one point he's right at the edge of the seats and he starts shuffling and shuffling and shuffling a bit closer. I have to look up and say, hey, sorry, sir back away he was like maybe four feet from me he had this very big old man cock huh. and i gave him the hand and said excuse me sir he was he sort of looked defeated. Ah, put his dick in his pants and sort of shuffled off on his way and as he was leaving as he turned around one of the guys that was with the old woman kind of just got up and put his pants on so then he immediately comes and sits in his seat and lumps down next to this old lady puts his arm around and he says, hey madame Va bien? And uh, at that point, me and my little lady friend decided to leave because the sort of the buzz was off. And as we're leaving, this old man's got his sweater off, off his body, and this old woman is sucking his nipples and giving him this, this aggressive kind of hand job. And uh, while she's giving another guy a hand job, and uh, that's a typical Tuesday at Simla at eleven a.m.
0: That is wild.
1: Oh my god!
2: not even the wildest.
0: Wild. That's there. That's a good time.
1: I'm just thinking now, you know, it's probably better to support Cinema L'amour than Pornhub. Like, if you're exactly. going to go jerk off, you know, like, maybe the trip is worth it.
2: But it does smell pretty bad. The scent of ammonia oh. is high. It does smell like cum and ammonia.
1: Ooh. C-monia. C-monia. That's what I like. Daddy like.
0: Daddy <laughs> like ammonia.
1: They're like, ooh, ammonia and cum. What is that scent? Ammonia
0: by Cinema L'amour.
1: That's what they need next is a body wash. Jesus price i i would buy the cinema when body wash i swear to god like i really would
0: they sell like hats and t-shirts and stuff during the summer or i guess they sell them all the time but yeah it's fun
2: to see some of those people who wear those shirts who you know have actually never been in there
0: but they like the scandal
2: you should go it's great you could even get the private booth upstairs for 40 bucks 40 bucks a movie
0: i mean this is why i have a studio apartment but also i can see i can see the appeal of of going somewhere else and having a good time
1: All right, everybody, that's all we got. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Good night. Thank you for coming to the sex show. This has been the sex show, everybody. Goodbye. (laughs) Thank you, Will. Thank you, Lucy. Here we go.
0: Our theme song is Sexy Lexi by The Sunset Drip, and you can follow them on Instagram at The Sunset Drip. Produced by J. Mark Kaplan and Lucy Gervais. You can follow us on Instagram at jmarkcomics and at the Lucy Gervais Show. Keep the change, you filthy animals.